When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. It is Friday, and as you know, that means it is a CHGO audible sort of day. We'll do it. Nicholas Moriano here with you here today for our weekly in-depth game review. I I know last week at this time I was on here with Braggs, and we were talking about all these awesome building blocks uh, that the Bears have. But, Nick, I would be lying if I said I didn't miss you and honestly miss a little bit of a game preview, even though the Bears aren't winning these game previews to me are still a lot of fun. Yeah, it's almost felt like it's been a while since we had done this in the course of the bye week, but I'm glad that we're back and we're going to be previewing a pretty big matchup, pretty big rematch between the Bears and Lions. So good to be back. Miss you too, Will. Miss you, Braggs. And we're going to get right back to the swing of things. And I expect, honestly, I do want to be upfront with you. I know you're a little bit under the weather, but I do expect your level of analysis to be just a little bit better uh, than it has in the past because, I mean, you're another year older, you're another year wiser. So I always expect you to continue to elevate your game. You know that of me. I hold you to a high standard. Same with myself. Uh, But before we get into, I think, this episode, the number one thing I want to make sure to share to our listeners, whether you're watching live, watching a replay, or just listening to this episode, is that you have a few days left uh, to sign up to become a diehard of a very rare diehard sale that we're running right now. We chopped $20 off of the price. And I think our diehard program in general and the membership is always worth the money and it's a tremendous value. But when we even cut the price right now for the holidays, I mean, it just makes the value go up and up. You get a free shirt immediately when you sign up. You get a free shirt every single year on your renewal, 20% off merch all the time, including on top of our sales. You get access to our in-depth articles on our website, including Hoag's Bears Things. We have a new one that just dropped on the site here this morning. Anything that you wanted to add, Nick, in terms of why you believe that, you know, honestly, everybody listening should become a CHGO diehard. Well, there's all of that that we'll just mention, but also just the, you know, the Discord rooms that we have where you just get to meet a lot of diehard Bears, Chicago fans, really, because there's going to be a Discord room for every single team. And so that's another place where you only get that if you are a diehard. So you'll have some of us pop in there from time to time, but you're also just communicating and interacting with people that love, you know, the team just as much as you. So Just another incentive if you're looking for another way to vent, to celebrate, you know, the few wins that these Chicago teams can, you know, muster here. But it's an awesome uh, perk. But again, that's just in addition to everything that Will already mentioned. 
And you and I covering the bears and podcasting about the bears, you know, since 2015, our goal is always to be bring bears fans worldwide closer together and our diehard membership. Obviously we cover more than just the bears here at CHGO, but it is a great way to get inside the Chicago sports community. And as you mentioned, the lounge, there's different rooms. So if you are specifically only a bears fan in Chicago, there's still plenty of value uh, in terms of the overall community uh, that you'll be joining here too. So definitely go to allcshow.com slash diehard. Check it out. The sale runs through the weekend, but honestly, there's no reason to wait uh, at all. But I would love to welcome as many people as possible here. Uh, again, a really rare sale. We don't really cut the price in this a lot, but it is the holiday season. So definitely take advantage while you can. So for today's episode, you know the drill by now. It's a game preview episode. We're going to share our keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share some X factors, bold predictions, and a whole lot more. I just want to say hi to everyone in the chat. I see you in there. All the bear down emojis are popping off. Gotta love to see that. But Nick, Bears, Lions, round two, one liner. What you got? Uh, the word I want to use is learn. Uh, just when you look at the first matchup, how much have both teams learned about each other going into the second one? And we're going to dive into it and, you know, really preview what, what I'm really talking about there, but how much have both these teams learned about each other going into week, uh, the second matchup now? Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. I went with the phrase, uh, but I forgot to ask, uh, what's the weather going to be like on Sunday? Do you know, that's a good question. Look at this. We have Chicago's weather up right now on Sunday. 36 degrees but sunny perfect. and no no rain no snow no nothing perfect you know why because my one liner is revenge is a dish best served cold boom i like it well <laughs> awesome well, let's get into this game preview we're going to discuss this bears matchup against the lions who are three and one since their bye uh but before their bye week they were winning a lot of these games by like two scores or more but since they had their bye week again three and one and every single game has been decided by one score or less. And I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind right now. Obviously, you know how that Bears game went. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to bring up that previous matchup quite a few times here uh, throughout this episode. But let's begin with our keys for success on offense for the Bears. I'll go ahead and start with my key first here, Nick. Change it up just a little bit. Mike, very first key uh, for the Bears this week on offense. I just want to see something new. Obviously, Justin Fields came back last time against the Lions after the injury. And you and I were very impressed just by the overall game plan that the Bears put in place. Showed the Lions some things that they just weren't really expecting, using Justin as a primary runner, getting that ball out quick, moving the pocket, throws on the run, also making really good throws by staying inside the pocket. They kept Detroit off balance, showing them some things that they just really didn't do all year long with some of the motion pre-snap, some of the play action, where they're going with things. I, I was very impressed mm -hmm. overall by the game plan that the Bears deployed. It was different. But the problem is, and you mentioned it with your one-liner, is that these teams are learning about one another. That's what makes divisional mm -hmm. matchups, A, they're important, and B, very difficult uh, the second time around. And obviously, for the Bears, they let the Lions off the hook last time so this week when i'm looking for the bears on offense and i can't tell you what it is i don't know what it is because i want to see something different something new something that the lions aren't expecting yet again because if you copy and paste the game plan they're going to be ready for it they adjusted you know halfway through that game too and did a good job of limiting that bears offense uh, in that second half so i want to see some extra wrinkles in there that we maybe haven't seen either in a while or maybe all year long to catch these lions off guard yet again 
I like that a lot, Will. I think something that they can do differently that ties into my first key is staying aggressive all game long. I think when we look at the back half of that game and why it didn't go the way the Bears ultimately wanted to, it's like it got a little conservative, especially when they got into scoring range. They settled for field goals as opposed to continuing to do what got them there in the first place. So staying aggressive means taking deep shots. We did not see that in the Monday night victory against the Minnesota Vikings. Again, completely different defense. I, you know, there's, you can justify why the bears did it, but they, they, I think over corrected themselves in that game, but against the, the Detroit lions, there are opportunities to take some deep shot, deep shots. So you have to do that in this game. But when it gets to the second half, We've seen all too many times where this Bears offense, you know, reverts to playing a little bit more conservative. Go back to Mm -hmm. the Denver game. Why they lose that one. Go back to the last matchup with the Lions. So just staying aggressive, having that mindset, knowing that you need to go for the kill shot with these Lions. They played in some close games as of recently, like you just mentioned, Will. So they're finding different ways to win. So that's why you need to stay aggressive from start to finish. So stay aggressive is my first key. Yeah, deep shots are important. Uh, that's the big touchdown that the Bears had in that game was a 39-yard pass from Fields over to DJ Moore. When you pull up what happened to the Lions against Green Bay, very first play of the game, mm-hmm. Christian Watson downfield. They connected on a deep shot, got in scoring territory, and capitalized. So I agree, finding ways to remain aggressive and take some of these vertical shots against this Lion defense is very important. Uh, and I also love the fact that you gave me a segue That concludes my third key, but I'm going to bump it up here to the second just to kind of keep this conversation rolling. And I call this key cross 50 clutch. I was feeling very creative here this morning, uh, but you mentioned it. The offense got a little conservative once they got in Lions territory. The offense's inability to score once they cross the 50 or really do much of anything. I think it was a big reason why the Bears lost this game. I know we can look at the final five minutes of this game and pinpoint where everything really fell apart. But if the Bears were better in Lions territory, that never would have even mattered. I mean, obviously, you had the very first drive, touchdown. Second drive, the Bears ended up punting, even though they had a first and 10 from the Detroit 38. A couple drives later, they had a first down in the red zone at the 17. They had to settle for a field goal because of some negative plays. Drive six, first and 10 from the Detroit 39, false start. You go backwards, settle for a field goal. Drive seven was that touchdown that we just mentioned. Drive eight, you had a first and 10 from the Detroit 32. Couldn't convert on a third and short, field goal. And then drive nine, first and 10 from the Detroit 26. Three straight runs, being conservative, settle for a field goal. So again, I'm really big in red zone numbers, and I think everyone here knows that. But the fact that the Bears were knocking on the door of the red zone multiple times, and had to settle for a field goal every single one of those times, that's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a problem there. Uh, and again, when you look at what happened, it was a mixture of negative plays, passive play calls, the inability to execute, despite when they were on the other side of the field, marching down the field, and then things just kind of stopped. And if you want to look at how could this actually impact the game, well, say they would have scored touchdowns on two of those four field goals. That's plus eight points. And if they would have scored a field goal when they should have, instead of punting that first time, that's plus three. So that's 11 more points if they just would have converted 50% better. If they were just 50% better in that game, that would have been 11 more points for the Bears. So for me, just like you, Nick, once we cross 
that 50 yard line and get into Detroit Lions territory. You keep the pedal down. You keep the gas fully pressed down to the floor and you just got to keep staying aggressive. So I like that and execute and eliminate those backwards plays. There's a lot there, um, but I think the overarching theme is just, just be better. Be better. And it starts to also capitalizing off of turnovers too. credit to your point about like when you're crossing the 50, the bears defense has put the bears offense in positions already where they're in advantageous situations and they have not been able to score. I think it's what eight turnovers in the last two games and only 13 total points off those turnovers. Mm -hmm. That's not nearly enough. So the bears need to do better in that aspect, but really my second key, I know, Will, you were mentioning you want to see something different. I still want to see Justin Fields use his legs in this one until the Lions show me that they can truly stop that aspect of this bears offense. They need to keep doing it because you look even at the the last two matchups since that first Bears game, they played the Green Bay Packers on Thanksgiving. I think Jordan Love went for 39 yards, the second leading rusher for the Packers on three carries. And then just last week against the Saints, Taysom Hill is that dual threat kind of guy. He led the Saints last week with 13 carries, 59 yards. They didn't really have an answer for how to stop that kind of uh, player. So Justin Fields brings a whole different dynamic than Jordan Love and Taysom Hill. So I want to see them still utilize Justin Fields' legs. Maybe it doesn't have to always be on just design runs, but when things break down, take off. Because for whatever reason, the Lions have not figured it out, whether it was the first matchup this year, the last two matchups, uh, mm-hmm. even a season ago. They have not figured out how to stop Justin Fields on the ground, and they just they didn't show that they could do it otherwise with two different quarterbacks in the next two matchups. So Justin Fields' legs should be a factor in this one. And until they do something differently, and I'm sure the Lions are trying to figure out, do we just put a spy on that side? What do we tell our edge rushers when they're doing these RPOs? Maybe it's something different, but you need to show it to me if you're Detroit. And if you're not able to do it, you keep running with Justin Fields until they eventually force some way to take it out of your hands. But it's worked the last three times they played the Lions. Keep doing it in this fourth matchup. I think that's a really good point. And obviously I'm not saying with my first key, like don't do that. If yeah, it's going to yeah. work, please, please keep, keep doing that as well. I just like you, I expect them to find a way to relatively mm-hmm. counter it. At least those designed runs. Uh, Cause that was something the bears have not shown all year. And they, the lions did a pretty decent job of adjusting throughout that game. Uh, but we'll see exactly how it goes. But I, I think fields his legs. You know, we, we do an X factor segment, but I, I feel like if we wanted to just do the cop out, which we never do the cop out here on this show, it would always be something around Justin Fields, his dual threat ability and how that can stress defenses uh, in different ways. So I like that key uh, a ton there, Nick. My final one for the offense is actually a key from the very first preview we did against the Lions, which is uh, the last one I asked to say aggressive and balanced. You took care of the aggressive part. So I'm going to just stick with the balancing act here. Uh, the Bears weren't exactly balanced, um, but I thought they did a good job of still forcing the Lions to defend the run, which also helped supplement uh, the pass. And the Bears, when they were moving that ball against the Lions, had 11 first downs gained on the ground, they had 10 through the air. So I think that was a pretty good balance of like how they were moving the chains and converting on those situations. Uh, but I just don't want to see... <clears throat> the rushing attempts and the passing attempts get closer to 50 50 they had 23 passes to 46 46 rushes last time so i said two and one favor of the ground game 
I know they're trying to keep time of possession. You can still do that with a quick passing game. Maybe not as quick as the Vikings matchup, but that's a whole different conversation for a different day here. Uh, but I do want to see that get just a, a little bit more closer. And really, if you want to just look at like balancing within balancing, uh, I know I'm going with layers here yet again today, but maybe you split the running backs carries a little bit more evenly. Once you feed DJ more, because he should get the lion's share ha, of the targets, <laughs> then you, I want to see other players start to step up. You and I talked about heading into the Vikings game that I was d- disappointed with Cole Komet's, uh, I think, role in the Lions game overall. They kind of forgot about him, didn't use him as much as they did in the past. And then they overcorrected with those six targets in the very first quarter against the Vikings. Uh, so I do want to see more Cole Komet here again this week, uh, specifically just more than I saw against the Lions matchup last time. I think he's a great second option right behind DJ Moore for this offense. So, you know, balance play calling, balance splitting those carries up, and then balance when you're spreading the wealth a little bit through the air. So really anywhere I look at it, I just want to strive for that balance, which again would keep that defense honest and have them to force, you know, force them to defend like, you know, vertically, horizontally, every inch of that field. Yeah, I like that balance and consistency, like what this show is titled for today. Uh, mm-hmm. Last last um, key for me is just protect the edge. Because, look, the Lions are going to be missing a key player on the interior of their defensive line and Aleem McNeil, who did get a sack in the first matchup against the Bears at Ford Field. So, look, Aiden Hutchinson. I, for the most part, Darnell Wright did a very good job against Aiden Hutchinson until – the very last play of the game where he gives up the sack, the the, uh, the safety there, but you have to watch out for him. Um, Bruce Irvin, uh, the veteran pass rusher, got a sack last week uh, against the Saints. So he gets onto his team and gets a sack. So I think if the Bears can do a good job of just kind of mitigating the outside pressure, you're going to give Fields opportunities to stay in the pocket and read and rip the ball downfield. And I think that's going to be more of an emphasis this game as opposed to the Monday night football game, just completely different game plan. I think that hopefully Luke gets Justin Fields, this offense have to approach a Lions defense that does give up plays like the play that they were able to score the touchdown to DJ Moore that you were, mm-hmm. were talking about earlier. Well, uh, I think it was in Justin Fields press conference who said that, yeah, he likes to the safety there likes to creep up when he puts something in front of him. So they just have a levels concept and, you know, he took the bait on the, the first level and was able to hit DJ Moore on that skinny post on the second level. So you need to be able to do that. But first, it starts with protection. Darnell Wright, Braxton Jones, who I think have been playing some really good football as of late. And it's going to start with this second matchup and seeing if they can replicate, for the most part, what they were able to do against Aiden Hutchinson primarily. That's their main guy. But mm-hmm. like I said, uh, Bruce Irvin just gets on there, gets a sack. So he's a veteran, knows how to use the savvy moves and things like that. But Protect the edges, allow Justin Fields to stay in the pocket, and if you need to extend, whatever it may be, but there's going to be opportunities to throw the ball downfield. Fields just needs time, and I think that the Bears can do a good job of giving them that time and exploiting some of these matchups. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the chat already mentioning that matchup between Darnell Wright and Aiden Hutchinson. It was my X factor uh, in the previous preview episode, and it's not going to be. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to do it the same exact thing. But that and I know it was going to be difficult for the Bears to march a comeback with only like, what, 30, 40 seconds, whatever it was left. But I thought Darnell Wright matched up very well against Hutchinson until that, you know, pretty much clutch time moment when Hutchinson was able to beat him, got the strip sack. And then of course we kicked it out of the end zone for the safety. Uh, so overall good. We just have to continue to be, have, be more consistent uh, and finish. And I saw a great comment. Not, 
uh, from Amari Green. Tyler Scott redemption game? Question mark. We talked about taking some D shots. Would I think that's a great way to give a young receiver some extra confidence to give him that redemption opportunity here against a defense that you should be able to get that chance because he was open. He was right there. He just didn't catch it. Yeah, this is uh, I think Tyler Scott's been circling this matchup for a little bit, even though it's what two weeks ago, but just to get another shot at that to show that, Hey, Justin, I can make that. I can make that play for you. Just need another Mm -hmm. opportunity. Here it is. Soldier field two weeks later against the same team. I hope we get that matchup, that opportunity for Tyler Scott. Right there with you. One thing that neither of us mentioned, and I think we dabbled around it last time, and I just want to make sure people understand it's like a, maybe it's an obvious key uh, that we didn't talk about, um, but the Lions defense is just overly aggressive to a fault. Um, And you can do a really good job of baiting them in one direction and then beating them in the opposite or using play action in very obvious situations. I believe it was the Packers game. It was like a third and one and then everyone thought A.J. Dillon's going to carry that rock. And then that whole Lions defense sell, sold out to stop that run. Wide open receiver down the field for an easy touchdown uh, wide open. So, again, I think those are ways that the Bears, when I'm asking for something new, find ways to make them think you're doing what, you, what they've seen you do, and then just you hit them with the counter. And I think if you can do that, that could be play action. That could be misdirection. Uh, you can have yourself you know, a few easy big games that could be – potentially game changing yeah no doubt i think that's uh one of the faults for this lions defense but also like their lack of pass rush too i mean outside of one guy it's like there hasn't been consistent pass rush from this team there are times there are opportunities like i think even in the saints game in the first match with the bears like they had a bunch of tfls like they just send guys through these gaps and for whatever reason someone's unblocked so they are aggressive defense not not in the same aspect as minnesota but they will mm-hmm. bring guys, and you just gotta you just gotta have that right play call, Luke Getzey, to right when they're doing this, you're doing the opposite. Think one step ahead. Can we get that in the second matchup, Luke? Hopefully that's the case. I think aggressive, like not aggressive as Minnesota when it comes to sending blitzes, but how they pursue to the ball mm-hmm. is, you know, and which is that's what you want to do. You coach them hard to do it. But if you break some of that contain because you're hundred yeah. percent certain it's going, it's going right. Then he then you have to hit him left here. So that's that's what I was regarding when I meant aggressiveness. Uh, but I just wanted to put that that quantifier here real quick. All right, let's take our first time out here, Nick. We'll burn one, and then on the flip side, we'll uh, do the keys to success for the Bears on defense. Uh, and I have a question: Like, can you already believe that we're this deep into the NFL season? Like, we got to make every second count. Like, I love the NFL. I love football. And, you know, as much as, you know, the Bears have been not so good as we're used to, as soon as the season's over, I miss it. So definitely take it for what you can. And the good news is with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Be, you know, you can bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any single matchup. I mean, if we're just looking at some of the lines right now, I mean, the Bears and the spread, they're at plus three and a half. If you want to take them on the money line, it's plus 142. If you're feeling like the Bears can get it done here right now. And of course, if you're looking at some of these other games, which I know there's a lot of backup quarterbacks playing right now, the Vikings are at minus 155 for the money line. The Bills are at plus 102 against the Chiefs that, as we know, they're not playing their best ball here so far this season. Broncos Chargers is close. The Broncos are at plus 120. There's a lot of great lines that you should be checking out and we'll give you more bear specific lines later on in the show when we play some over 
under. So right now, you should get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use code CHGO. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, Visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older in, in most states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right. And then we're going to go Great there. Great job, Will. Thank you. And then I have to find that there in the doc. Where did it go? I know up next is ComEd, but my doc is not wanting me to find it. There we go. Now, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to, a, to electric vehicles. And that's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That's right, Will, and the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. It does, but I'm confused. What exactly should business owners do, Nick? Here we go. They can go to comed.com slash Clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. I just want to make sure that I wrote this down correctly. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Exactly, Will. Now go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Actually, well, when uh, Stephanie and I, my girlfriend, were we were in Tempe, Arizona, there was one of those like self-driving, I think, electric cars that was just on the road. Like it was in front of us. I was like, "So you're telling me there's nobody in there, or they're driving somebody else?" We couldn't get next to them to see exactly. But that's just wild to me. But that's again the technology and the, the present that we're in right now. You have self-driving cars, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, you, you know, give it 10 more years, man. I'll be making my trips up to Chicago, just prepping for the game, letting the car get me all the way up there. But yeah, it, it kind of blows your mind uh, a little bit. All right, let's get back to it. CHGO Bears podcast. We'll do it. Nicholas Moriano is a CHGO Audible Friday here. Game preview. You know the deal. Give this video a like if you can. Peanut says to do it. I say to do it. I think those are two great reasons to click that thumbs up if you haven't yet. We'd really appreciate it. All right, but it's time to do our keys to success for the Bears defense. I went first on offense. I did that DraftKings read. I'm taking a breath. <laughs> Nick, I'm going to you for key number one. Yeah, I think the big key for, for this game, you guys, is to really close that middle of the field for this Bears defense against this Lions passing attack. The Bears, they did a relatively good job in that first matchup outside of the two-minute drives where that's where the Lions kept on going. When you go back and watch the Lions versus New Orleans Saints just last week, there were so many plays over the middle of the field. It was insane to watch, and it just kept putting in my notes as I was watching. 
middle of the field, middle of the field, middle of the field. This is where the Bears linebackers need to stay disciplined like they did mm-hmm. for, again, a majority of that first matchup. But you cannot allow Sam Laporta. You can't allow, you know, St. Brown and all these guys to just live in that area of the field because that's where Jared Goff is at his best. So the middle of the field is going to be such a big emphasis in this game. If the Bears can replicate what they did in the first matchup but finish throughout the entire of this game, they're going to be in a good position to win, Will. If they cannot, it could get out of hand, much like how the, the start of the Lions-Saints game was. It was a 21-0 with, I think, within the first 10 minutes. So yeah. you cannot have that happen, and it starts off by – being disciplined with your defensive zone coverages, how you you know react to play action and just ball fakes and covering the middle of the field. The Bears do that, they're going to be in a really good spot, Will, but it really does start with that that's very specific. Just watch the middle of the field, man. Regardless of what's happening, watch the middle of the field. Yep, like star circled, underlined, that middle of the field. It's my second key on the list, uh, and – I know we make these independently and my very first line under this, and I did put a lot of notes because this was a huge key. We both had coming into the last matchup. We knew this and the bears knew this and they did a good job of defending it. But I put, this is another key worth repeating and I'm definitely positive. Nick would agree. And then you started off with that being your very first key. Uh, So I was right on point for a couple of things here, Uh, but that's exactly where the lions do all of their damage uh, through the air or most of it. And that's where they're the most dangerous. They love those slants. They love those crossers, especially off of play action, as you mentioned, because when they're executing it right, it moves those linebackers off their marks when it sucks them in and it opens a big padding between them uh, and the safeties and the bears did a good job. And the reason why this is difficult is that the lions with David Montgomery and, and Williamson, I mean, they're just so good at running the ball. You have to honor it because if you give David Montgomery a, a few yards ahead of steam, like, cause if you take a step back, like, and eh, we'll see if this is actually a run and they hand that ball off. And, and Monty's like, all right, cool. You're going to give me some space here. What, what, mm-hmm. I'm going to operate. And then he's going to break some tackles, gain some yards, you know, a little one cut, and he could be gone. Uh, so it's very difficult to defend because you have to honor that run game too. So it's a delicate, like the offense balance perhaps here, uh, but it's going to be equally important nevertheless. And I thought the Bears did a great job. Uh, if you look at a, spe- a specific matchup, and you mentioned it, and it was a key of mine last time too, Sam Laporta. Uh, Because when the Lions offense is really humming, Laporte is a big part of it. Until the final portion of that game last time, the Bears did a great job defending Sam Laporta. And I mentioned that heading into the Vikings game because, like, well, we got to face TJ Hawkinson. Whatever they did against Laporta, let's just do it again here against Minnesota. Uh, So now, since we're playing these divisional games back to back to back, now we want to see them do the same thing against Laporta this time around. I'm curious to see what exactly the Lions are going to do differently this time to get 87 involved because I'm damn sure they're going to want to find a way to do so more than the last time out. Yeah, no, it's going to be, again, adjustments, learning from the first matchup. It's going to be fascinating, and that can really tell, like, this this coaching staff if – I know a lot of people are already out on them, but if they can make the right corrections, that would be, I think, a huge win for this Bears team to show that they can make the proper adjustments – And it's going to start with uh, also being better in two-minute defense. We were kind of talking about it a little bit, Will, but there's going to be those opportunities at the end of half, at the end of the game, where we need to see this Bears defense really just become a lot better, more efficient, make plays. I I was asking, I believe it was TJ Edwards I asked in his press conference, how do you you get better at at two-minute defense? Can you do that in practice? And he said, there are certain situations that coaches can put you in 
to kind of best replicate what you'll see in a game, but you really just need to get in the game to feel it. But really, ultimately, it comes down to someone's got to make a play. Someone's got to make a play at these opportunistic times in a game. And go back to the play where Tremaine Edmonds missed Jameer Gibbs in the middle of the field. He's able to, one, get out of bounds, stop the clock. Hey, that was a play that Tremaine Edmonds knows he can make, should have made. I was also talking to uh, Travis Smith, the Bears defensive line coach. What's the what's the difficulty for a defensive lineman when they're in those situations, those two-minute drills? Well, obviously the high tempo, things like that, but the best thing you can do as a defensive lineman to stop any offense when they get into that mode, get a sack. We mm-hmm. did not see that when it was uh, Jared Goff in the Lions, the first matchup. So it all comes down to someone's got to make a big play. And I think there's a lot of defensive playmakers and they're playing some pretty good football right now. Someone needs to make the big play at those crucial moments in games. So let's see if the bears, somebody look, Eddie Jackson doesn't have a pick yet. You guys this season, let's see if he can make a big play uh, in this matchup against the lions, but two minute defense, also another key. Yep. My key called two minute toughness, same exact thing here, but I'll just give some extra details on top of it because it wasn't just the end of the game. And I think that's the one that people remember the most uh, because I mean, it hurt the most, <laughs> like literally sure, yeah. it really was painful to watch. And so that's going to stick right here. But if you look at the game as a whole, the bears also gave up a touchdown at the end of the first half. Uh, the lions started at their own 25 with only a minute 47 left. And so they go hurry up and they just tore apart that Bears defense, you know, back-to-back throws to St. Brown over the middle of the field, got him to the 48. Two short passes over the middle again to the running backs, get him down to the Bears 43. They pick up a conversion on third and one. Bada-bing, bada-boom. A few plays later, touchdown. 10-play, 75-yard drive. Took a minute, 36 of that minute, 47. That was left. And on the drive, Jared Goff was 7 of 9, 74 yards, and a touchdown. So the Bears really... How I see it is a need to find ways to remain aggressive on defense, especially against this Lions offense in these situations. If you give them just, hey, you know, we'll just uh, whatever, you know, you just take all this stuff underneath. They're going to find ways to they have speed. They're going to run past you. They're going to break tackles and they're going to just be methodical about it. And Jared Goff, if you don't get pressure on him, especially if they're running hurry up and he can't sub and these defensive linemen get gassed, that's going to be a problem. Uh, And so another way to avoid it, would be just, and it's hard to dictate depending on game flow every week, but if you can find a way to have that final possession yourself and just don't give them that chance, I think is another, you know, it's a key for the offense here really and just complimentary football in general to own like the last four minutes of each half. Uh, But that's just something else to keep in mind. And then if you go to the second half with the game on the line, right? Lions had 233 and they had 73 yards to go. They started at their own 27. And I'm not going to do the play-by-play again. I think it made sense the first time and the second time. But just notes that I took down was Goff and Montgomery just ate the Bears in the middle of the field yet again, both through the air and on the ground. Uh, A couple of key plays. Uh, Montgomery had four plays that went nine or more yards as a runner and as a receiver over the middle. Goff only had two incompletions on that entire drive. And then just a couple of plays here. They had a first down, uh, the first third down that they forced. It took them all the way to the Bears seven before they can actually force a third down with the game on the line. You can't do that. You have to get find ways to get them off the field quicker than that. Uh, and they were just because they were killing the Bears on first and second down. Uh, so again, 11 plays, 73 yards, 204 taken off the clock, giving up 14 points in the final two minutes of each half combined. 
I mean, that's ugly and that hurts. Yeah, that's uh but well, I, I didn't even realize they didn't get to third down until they mm-hmm. already were in you know, 10, Inside the 10. 10 yards. Exactly. So mm-hmm. need to be better. Someone needs to make a play going back to putting all of our keys together here. Will that that's obviously something that needs to show up in the second matchup. And I think just for my last key here, just finishing plays. And, you know, I kind of alluded to this with like the Tremaine Edmonds play, but you know, Jalen Johnson could have had an interception off of Jared Goff when Javon Dexter got pressure on Penny Sewell, but couldn't come up with that pick. There was also a pick six. He could have also had, in that game earlier when the uh, the Lions uh, were scoring uh, deep in their, their red zone. So there's just opportunities. There's going to be a lot of opportunities in this game on Sunday at Soldier Field where you, you could be you could be in the best position. You can break on a route, finishing it, finishing the entirety of the play, finishing the entirety of the tackle. That's what separates, you know, great teams from these good teams from bad to the worst is who can actually – I know Matt Eberflus literally says it every single time he goes <laughs> up to the press conference, but execution, it really does matter. And I know it can be overdone, like how Eberflus has kind of done it since he got here, but execute to the whistle. And if the Bears can do that, like, you know, realistically, they should have won that first game against the Lions if they finished plays, but they couldn't. So now we got to see if they've made the right adjustments, have learned, and ultimately can capitalize when the Lions make mistakes or – when the Bears are just put in good position, finish them. Yep, 100%. I mean, there were a lot of times where the defense finished, but then the offense couldn't carry the torch. And yep. now, of course, we talked about specifically here the defense failing to finish in key situations. So when all that happens, it is very difficult to win football games in the NFL. My final key for the Bears on defense is keep up that sizzling secondary because they are just hot, hot, hot. The Bears are third in the NFL with 13 interceptions. Seven came in the last two divisional games. So I'm going to put a little F-E-A next to that. That's pretty cool. And we just need to stay sizzling here. And we know the formula. We saw it last time. We've seen it for years against the Lions and golf. And we've seen it back when golf was playing for the Rams. And it just always begins by getting pressure on number 16 there. When you go back to the last matchup, the Bears pressured Goff on about 40% of his dropbacks. He was, and on, on those dropbacks specifically, he was six of 12 for 69 yards. Nice. I was waiting for you to say nice. There you go. That was, that was your cue. I knew it was coming. I was uh, and also, I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, you're the sniffles. I'm sorry, but yes, nice. Uh, so yeah, six of 12, 69 yards, two interceptions, and sacked twice. Passer rating when pressured against the Bears last time, 28.1. You can you can beat teams if you do that. But when they fail to get pressure, you're not going to get pressure on every drop back. He was 17 of 23, two touchdowns, one pick, and a rating of 104.8. So again, 104.8 clean, 28.1 under pressure. Huge difference here. And I thought the Bears did a really decent job in that last one of generating pressure by only rushing four. You have your leaders of pressure was Demarcus Walker, uh, Javon Dexter, you have Green, you have Yannick. And then they also brought in some blitzers too. You saw Brisker get in there. You got that blitz sack from Sanborn. So you can do it in multiple ways. Ideally, you can do it with four, um, but in key spots and when it matters, you may need to send an extra rusher here too. And, and I'm sure the Lions are going to do their part to kind of mitigate this because they had seven turnovers 
uh, between the Bears game and then the following week against the Packers. And then they were able to clean it up against the Saints that are a top 10 defense enforcing turnovers. So they played a clean game against a very opportunistic defense. So they're going to aim here this week to have yet another clean game because they knew how much it hurt them last time. But the problem for the Bears was it didn't hurt them enough because the mm-hmm. offense was unable to take advantage of all these turnovers. And, of course, we had some missed opportunities on defense, too. The Jalen Johnson dropped interception down there inside of the 10 near the goal line uh, is one that comes to mind. Uh, but if you can get pressure in golf, uh, and I think that's where everything starts here, you should be able to have more opportunities uh, for this secondary and for this defense for takeaways. Uh, speaking of pressure, um, I think Dan Campbell said this, I believe, earlier today. He doesn't think that center Frank Ragnow uh, is going to play this Sunday against the Bears. So we're talking about pressure up the middle. Javon Dexter's playing better. You know, you're seeing flash from Zach Pickens. Justin Jones has had his moments. That could be big, too. That can be really big for this matchup. So something to keep uh, be aware of as their Bears lines are approaching Sunday. 100%. That's huge. Uh, absolutely. He was someone that was just coming back, I think, from injury when the Bears yeah. played him last time. And we're like, dang it, we got him one week too late. Mm-hmm. But we may luck out here this time by. All right, let's burn our second time out. We got him. We got to use him. On the flip side, we're going to do uh, X Factors and tell you who has the edge here in this game. But Nick, I'm going to go over to you for the first read of this break. Yeah, I have to tell everybody about Midtown Athletic and they have four Chicagoland locations, Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the north shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Uh, I feel like I've heard everybody at CHGO talk about how great this place is, and I've heard them say that Midtown is truly next level, and I believe it just based off of seeing some of the videos and pictures and how much fun they're having, but Midtown Palatine. They've actually launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Listeners can lock in favorable rates if they join before the end of the year, so you have time, and there really is something for everyone. Single people, families with kids, people looking to make lifestyle changes, holistic wellness, uh, anybody, they have something for you. And some of the features of the club, uh, the arena, which is a high-intensity interval training, that's always really good. And they have amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs. So there's so many awesome features that Midtown Athletic Club has. And, you know, I got to get myself over there to experience it myself. But you can head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Awesome. I want to let everyone know about Empire Today because with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they're going to have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality service speed. So, competitors advertise low quality products. That Empire, they're not going to carry that stuff. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that. Honestly, they're just putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't be putting in their own. Uh, So definitely, you know, for Empire, they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Empire's philosophy is to help you to find what you need and not to overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. And what they leave out of their selection is just as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively comes through thousands of product samples each and every year to find the perfect styles. And I really enjoy their virtual floor designer 
It's a great way to see how new floors will look really in any space. It's super easy. All you have to do is just take a picture and you can instantly just impose and see exactly how new floors will look in your room. And of course they service their own warranties. So if you have an issue, just call Empire. They service all the warranties themselves. You don't have to go track down a manufacturer's phone number. They make that really simple for you too. So right now, what you need to do is schedule a free in-home estimate today. And all of our listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use that promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for complete details. All right. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriana, we're getting right through this Bears-Lions game preview. We gave our keys to success on both sides of the ball, and now it's time to boil it down to an X-Factor. And, Nick, I'll go over to you first here for your X-Factor. What is it? Yeah, I actually just went and basically copy and pasted my X-Factor from the, the first matchup because I think it's still very important. It's the explosive plays, Will. And I was talking about all the explosives that the Lions create over the middle of the field but also looking at the Bears' offense creating those explosive plays because there weren't very many in the win against Minnesota. So I think we're going to see a matchup where there's a lot of potential on both sides of the ball for each team to either limit these big game-changing plays or to create them. You think about the Jameson Williams play where he gets behind Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson on the right side. That kind of starts that, that resurgence for the Lions to come back at the end of the game. Again, it was it should have been well covered, but someone just had a uh, a lapse in their coverage, a lapse in, in like thinking and let someone get behind them when you're playing cover two. It, it shouldn't happen. So that's an opportunity on defense for, for Justin Fields, creating more of those deep field down shots to DJ Moore and hopefully getting something to Tyler Scott. Like the, this game, I think, has an opportunity where you're going to see some explosive, explosive plays. And honestly, can come on both sides of the football. So, explosive plays, whether you're limiting them or creating them, that's my X factor. All right, Command C, Command V. If you're a Mac person, Control C, Control was it P for you guys over in the PC world? Was was paste? Oh, still V. Yep, still V. Oh, who knew? It's been a long time since I've been over in <laughs> the world of PC, so you tend to forget things after. I think it's almost been a decade over here. Anyway, uh, that's. Push that aside. My X factor, and I've used this word a lot strategically throughout the episode, so it's not going to surprise anybody. It's complimentary football, and we've talked about it, and there's just so many layers to this, and I'm not going to go down another rabbit hole right here, but if you want to look just at that last matchup specifically, four takeaways, only 10 points scored off of them. Uh, actually, there was one where the Lions scored a touchdown after the Bears fumbled the bag, literally, because that happened right after the Bears got the second pick of the game. So defense makes yep. a big play. Oh, wow, here we go. We're going to go extend this lead. Nah, we're going to fumble the ball. And then right after that, the Lions themselves scored touchdowns. That's a huge swing of momentum. That's a huge swing in game flow and really just – how that game could have gone one way or the other. And I, we've talked about the lack of points off turnovers. Nick had that great stat of all the takeaways and only the 13 points to show of it over the last two weeks. And I'm frustrated, frustrated by it. Nick, I can tell is a little frustrated by it. Everyone in the chat seemed pretty frustrated by it. Do you know who else is probably frustrated by it? That defense. I'm sure they feel yeah. very frustrated that, Hey, we're starting to figure this out. We're getting some of these takeaways. Oh, but that's what you're doing with them. Really? I mean, we've seen it as Bears fans forever. Back with Erlacher, Briggs, Peanut. Oh, look at us. We're making plays. 
offense doesn't capitalize. Damn it. And now we're starting to see, you know, history repeats itself. I think we're seeing it here right now. So for the Bears, if they want to win this game, complimentary football, find ways to help out one another. I think, unfortunately for the Bears in the last matchup, it wasn't the offense complimenting the defense. It was more of like Cairo Santos and his field goals that was doing that. And we need to find mm-hmm. ways to extend that and, and find ways to score touchdowns off of turnovers, because that's how you really extend leads. That's how you really put teams behind the eight ball. And that's how you can put them in a bad position and put yourself in a great position to win games, uh, especially when it comes down the stretch. Got to help out each other. Offense, help defense, defense, mm-hmm. offense, special teams do some magic in there too. Uh, but I think for the Bears, it's going to take a complete effort, all three phases here in this one. So I'm hoping we see better complimentary football. Yeah, Justin Fields talked about that today on Wednesday, too. He he said it just hasn't been good enough, essentially, for the offense and what all the opportunities the defense has given him. So that's going to be one area that he knows he needs to be better at, and along with the entire offense. Playing that complimentary football, that'll give him also – I think he said – the better we play complimentary football, the better we have a chance of winning games. Makes a lot of sense. So let's see if it happens on Sunday. Oh, look at him using coach speak. He he understand <laughs> he understood the assignment there up at the podium. All right, let's find out who has the edge. And Nick, refresh my memory. Last time we did this, it was a clean sweep for the Bears, which surprised us, right? Isn't that what happened? I, I want to say it was a clean sweep, yeah. I may pull up my notes to just verify that when you're going to do yours here. Does Greg Lions, remember? Lions guy seems to remember for you guys. I, I couldn't help but laugh at his comment. Lions guy's always in our chats. Oh, perfect. Lions guy got it. See, <laughs> my memory did serve me correctly. And Lions guy, oh, he must have jotted that down. Awesome. Well, we're going to do it again. Hey, to Nick's credit, the Bears should have beat the Lions the last time. And he had predicted it. Will, did you have the Bears beating the Lions that week too? I did not because I want to see them actually win a game yeah, before I did that. Did though, and Lions guy, you got lucky. <laughs> Changes his name to Lucky Lions guy. All right, moving <laughs> on. Uh, and what I think is interesting too is that how our schedule kind of broke down, and we alternate the key or like the edges every week. We have the same exact ones. Like no, you and I have go. the same ones, and so it's like, does anything change? So I have up first that Bears pass attack versus that Lions pass defense. I'm still going to give it to the Bears here this week. I thought they did fine through the air last time, except getting a little bit too passive once they got across the 50. Uh, I like that deep shot to DJ Moore that ended up turning into a touchdown. I want to see more of it, and we've talked about that in nauseum throughout this episode. But what I saw was the Bears proving that they can throw against this defense. I want to see them execute at a little bit of a higher clip, uh, but their inability to pass I don't think was the reason why they lost that game per se. Uh, and so I'm going to keep that edge here for the Bears. And I'll go over to you now, Nick. Bears rushing attack, uh, led by Justin Fields last time, a key of yours as well against that Lions run defense. And, well, that's what pushes it over the edge for the Bears is Justin Fields' ability to gash this Lions defense on the ground. And I think, you know, if this was any other quarterback that didn't have that capability, I'd, I think I would lean towards the Lions. But it's Justin Fields. He He – Every time he's played the Lions, especially the last three games, he's gone off on them, especially on the ground. And you're going to see, I think, a more – I think it's going to be interesting with this rotation at running backs because I think it, it truly is now going to be a rotation. No more the Khalil Herbert leads a day in, in carries because Roshan Johnson's showing his capabilities as a runner. Obviously, you have Deontay Foreman. So with all that being said, giving this one to the Bears. So 2-0 and to start. 
All right. So far, so good. I have that Lions rushing attack versus that Bears run defense that is still atop of the NFL, only allowing 79 yards per game. And I've been, you know, pretty much, you know, hammering the Bears run defense every single week that I get them. And they've been very solid. And I think they've proved a lot to me uh, for their ability to actually stop the run this year. And it's a real thing. However, and that's a big however, I'm giving this one to the Lions here this week. And the reasons why I'm doing it is that even though the Bears didn't give up like an ungodly amount of yards against the Lions on the ground, I thought Montgomery did enough to gash us when it mattered most. And I was going through some of the plays of when we're talking about like two-minute defense and the ones that really sting even a few weeks later, uh, they had a 12-yard run Montgomery did on second and 10 on the very final drive of the game. He also had a 10-yard run on second and one. And then the Lions had a six-yard run on third and two inside the 10. So that was that third down. Yeah. And they're going to go for it on fourth down, obviously, in that situation. But still, you allow six yards on the ground on a third and two? Like, uh, like that's not enough to give me confidence that they can have the edge here this week because numbers were modest but the numbers that mattered really mattered for the bears. Uh, and so for me, those do or die situations really do count here. And so the lions are going to have the edge here uh, with their rushing attack led by David Montgomery, who uh, I'm certain coming back to soldier field more so than even the last time he just played the bears is going to feel like a revenge sort of game for him uh, because he's going back to like his previous home. And I think that's going to mean something yeah. a little bit more. And the last one's over to you, Nick, that lion's pass attack you know, emphasized by the middle of the field attack and that Bears pass defense. This is also an interesting one, Will, because Jared Goff is definitely capable of dissecting and kind of tearing up a defense throw by throw. But the Bears, they they knew exactly how they wanted to play him in that first matchup. And then it was those, the end of the first half and the four minutes where Jared Goff really got cooking. I, you know, I like this Bears pass rush where it's coming. I like the combinations. You're showing, you're seeing now Montez Sweat and Yannick Ngakwe on the same side. We have to actually monitor Ngakwe's stats because I think he was listed as uh, limited with uh, mm -hmm. his injury yesterday. But just something to monitor. But I like what the secondary is doing. You talked about their cooking. I like what the linebackers are doing with their zone coverage in the middle of the field. And I liked for 56 minutes how they played Jared Goff. So I'm going to go with the Bears. Uh, their pass defense versus the Lions passing attack. If they can replicate what they did, and that's tough. It's it really is tough. It's gonna this is gonna really show who has a better coaching staff. And on paper, it's definitely the Lions. But we got to see it all play out on Sunday. There's no 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 doubt about that. But we need to see it play out. So I'm gonna give this edge to the Bears. But there's definitely opportunities for this Lions passing attack to look a whole lot better than it did for a majority of the game than it did in that first matchup at Ford Field. And I think it all begins in the trenches and the Bears' ability to get that pressure. Yeah. So, all right, three to one. I think we were humbled a little bit. And I think on top of that, just reading between the lines, the lines, I can, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I try. That you were kind of close to maybe swinging yeah. that one a little bit because of what I did with the running game, like the crunch time. Uh, but I, I'm with you the bears and that secondary and their ability right now and to create turnovers. I think if they can do it again, if they can have two takeaways at least here in this week, again, it's going to show me improve to me. Like that's real. 
Like that's a tangible yeah. thing uh, that we can hold on to. Uh, and it wasn't just like a string of luck of two lucky games and contests. So that's what I'm hoping to see here this week. Uh, let's take our final break. Let's burn our final timeout. Let's get it out of the way. And on the flip side, uh, we're going to give you our predictions or both predictions. Uh, we'll play some over under and predict what these stat lines are going to look like. And of course, we're going to tell you uh, who we think is going to win this game at Soldier Field on Sunday. Um, but with that, Nick, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, I just have to tell everybody about Goose Island. As you know, CHGO, supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. They have a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, beer roster. The Oktoberfest, Beer Hug Family, 312 Weed Ale, Full Pocket Pills, Everyday Beer, what the brewers are drinking. Yeah, put in the comment, what's your favorite beer that uh, you're gonna you're having right now? You're going to have at holiday parties? Put in the comments right now. But you can grab an ultra fresh brewery brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. All right. I hope everyone's excited. It's time to hand out some predictions. And we always begin on a bang with our Bears bold predictions. I have one for offense, one for defense this week. Uh, why not have some extra fun here on defense? I'm going to go with two sacks and a forced fumble for Montez Sweat. That's bold because he has a hell of a matchup against Penny Sewell. And then on offense. Now this one's fun. A hundred rushing yards, 200 yards passing and three total touchdowns for Justin Fields. Ooh, coming in hot. Will. damn, I try I love those bold predictions. Those are good. Um, I like it a lot um, for me. I think last week I had like Justin Fields going over a hundred yards rushing that happened. So this one I'm thinking someone mentioned Tyler Scott redemption or, you know, revenge game. That's where I went with my bold prediction this time that last play that could have sealed the game for the bears where fields and Tyler Scott were off. I think they hit it this time. So fields connects to Tyler Scott down the left sideline, 45 plus yard explosive play to show that he trusts Tyler Scott, that he's learned from that moment. He's been wanting wanting that moment, and it happens in this game. So just a very specific, explosive, deep passing play to the rookie at Soldier Field. Mark it down. It's happening. Bold prediction for me. That's what I love about your bold predictions, because you bring so much imagery. Like I feel like I can see exactly <laughs> what you're envisioning there. You're like, you know, Tyler Scott is going to line up left. He's going to wipe his gloves two seconds before the snap. Look at Justin right as the snap's going off. Book downfield, left foot first. And I didn't just like all the minute details all the way down the field. Wipes his eyes after the catch and holds his hands up high and just relishes the moment. Those were a lot of like fun. Good work there, Nick. Thanks. All right, let's find out who's going to be the MVB. And then we'll do some over-under. And then we'll tell you who's going to win this game. For my MVB prediction... You know what? He's not off limits anymore. I'm going to say Justin Fields because we oh. took him off of the shelf and we're allowed to say he can be an MVB again because he's not the obvious MVB. There are other players that have been standing up here, but like you, uh, I expect his legs to be dangerous. Uh, I was very impressed with how he was able to pass within the pocket against the Lions last time, which is a key of mine. And as long as they can be better and execute more efficiently on the other side of the 50, I think there's no reason why Justin cannot be the best player on the field uh, on both sides of the, you know, from both teams here uh, on Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to say it's Justin Fields here this week, a big game from JF1 heading into a very pivotal five game stretch for the bears. 
I like that, Will. I'm going with Jalen Johnson as my MVP, and he easily could have been it had he finished some of those mm-hmm. plays in the first matchup against the Lions, but he's been putting himself in better positions, you guys, regardless of if he's actually finishing the play. Think back to Minnesota Vikings, should have had a pick six there, but did have an interception earlier in the game and helped cause an interception by getting his hand on the football. Um, I just think you're seeing a Jalen Johnson who's playing some pretty damn good football. He just finishes. There's no doubt that he can easily be in that all pro status, get himself into the pro bowl, be recognized as, you know, one of the top five cornerbacks in the league, but it starts with making those, those game changing types of plays. And he's been in position just needs to finish. But I think, you know, with when you have St. Brown, you have Laporta, you have Williams as well. Like all these guys that are playmakers for the lions, you need to have a guy that you can trust. So, Going with Jalen Johnson being the MVP in this one. That's a lot of fun. I like that one a lot. Let's play some over, under, and honestly, just general, what would you bet on here? And I'm doing a first one that we've never done here on the show before. I want to know the Chicago Bears' first drive result, Nick. Is it going to be a punt, a field goal attempt, a touchdown, or a turnover? The Bears are pretty good on their their opening Mm -hmm. drives. I I don't know the exact stats, but uh, what are my odds on a touchdown? Plus 370. Wow. Okay. Let's let's get crazy and put like 10 bucks on, you know, plus 370 for their opening driving and touchdown. Let's do it. Why not? Why not? I think so too. Like, I mean, the Bears do tend to start hot. They did it last time. Yeah. Why not yeah. let history repeat itself? All right. Passing touchdowns. Both quarterbacks have the same line at one and a half. You can, you know, for golf, fields, what do you think is going to happen? Hmm. I, there's a scenario where I could see both those guys going, you know, each getting two passing touchdowns. I think it's more likely for Goff. Uh, so if I had put my money on it, I would go on Goff for the over two and a half or one, one and a half to get to. All right. How about for Justin Fields? We'll do his pass plus rush yards line. So total Ooh. yards here from Justin. It's at 259.5. 259.5. Okay. Rush and pass. I'm going to take the over, Will. I'm going to take the over on that one. Uh, I don't know where you can cap off Justin Fields and his rushing stats. I don't I don't know if there's a cap on that, especially against these Lions. So I'm going to go uh, over. Here's one that I feel like is an easy one for you. Jared Goff interceptions over under 0.5. Ooh, uh, we're taking the over on that one because Jared Goff and, and the Bears, they, they mix well together when it comes to interceptions. That's a plus 114 right now. I just want to throw that out there. That may be some some free money. I know we gave people free money heading that Vikings game, and uh, we got some tweets about that, and people are very excited uh, over there. Uh, Doing some receiving, I'm on Ross St. Brown over under 72.5. I mean, that's just a guy that Jared Goff likes. I'm going the over on Jared Goff. What about Sam Laporta over under 45.5 after the Bears did a really good job last time, but... Yeah, they did a good job. I mean, he went off against the Saints. He went completely crazy against the Saints. Uh, they, I, but they figured it out the first time, and not. I'm going. I'm going under on Sam Laporta. I like him a lot as a player, but we'll go under in this game. All right, two receiving props for the Bears, and we'll call it. Cole Komet over under thirty one point five. Let's go over. I mean, we didn't see enough of him in that first matchup. So, and you know, the one guy that feels through to against Minnesota. What he had like six receptions in the first drive or something, like first mm-hmm. two drives for Komet. So let's go over. Yeah, I was like, I need more Cole Komet against the Vikings. And the Bears were like, bet, watch. And I was like, oh, 
Oh, okay. Maybe that was too much. Calm down. Calm down. Um, and the last one would be DJ Moore, of course, over under 68.5 yards receiving. Ooh, 68.5. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll take the over. Um, those two have a good connection. I think they connect a bunch uh, on Sunday. All right. Sounds a lot of fun. Of course, all those lines came from DraftKings, uh, who did sponsor this episode. And you can use our code CHO at sign up. Uh, as well, and we gave you all those details just a little bit ago. All right, so we've done everything, Nick. Like, we have done everything. I mean, we have done keys, X-Factors, who has the edge, some fun predictions. But now it's time to get down to what really matters. Like, it doesn't really matter unless the Bears win. But what do you think? Will they beat the Lions this time around? Who wins and why? Well, Will, I thought they had an opportunity to beat them the first time, and that's why I predicted that. But I also said that I wouldn't pick the Bears, you know, until they, they prove that they can finish the game. They finished against the Minnesota Vikings, 12-10. Mm-hmm. So now my window to pick this team is open again, and I'm going down that road, Will. I am picking the Bears to beat the Lions at Soldier Field, 24-20. Uh, to 20. Not only do they go on their first two-game winning streak, but it's a two-game winning streak against NFC North opponents. So let's go Bears 24, Lions 20. I think it's, a, again, we said it was going to be a close matchup last time. It ended up being that till the very end. I think it's another close matchup this time. And the and the, the Lions are missing two key guys on their offense and defensive line in McNeil and now Ragnow at the center. But those are key guys. So I'm going with the Bears 24-20. God, Bears, just don't make me look stupid again. Like, I took you last time against the Lions. You burned me. Let's go. Oh, man. I'm proud of you for doing that. I am. And I think your your rationale was sound. I agree with everything you say. The only thing I disagree on is the outcome here. And so I have Lions 23, Bears 21. I want to say the Bears will win. I am a little, I, I guess my lack of confidence comes from I don't know exactly how the Lions are going to respond because if I had a guess and how they're coached they're going to come in pissed off of how close that last game against the Bears was and that they lost the next game in the division against the Packers and they have a lot to play for and they're going to be trying to you know secure this division get get into the playoffs and like they're that's what they're looking at right now. And I think they learned that they can't overlook the bears. Maybe that's what started happening early on in that game. And so for me, I mentioned all the lion side of things and on the bear side of things, I don't know if they can win two games in a row. Like I haven't seen that happen yet. I don't know if they can beat a division opponent back to back weeks. Like we haven't seen that happen yet. I mean, this is the first win that we had against the Vikings two weeks ago in the division in quite some time. Uh, so I'm still learning how to feel uh, about that so i'm saying lions as much as i want to say the bears and i just hope the bears prove me wrong and give me reasons to believe them more going forward and i think a strong showing of being able to find some redemption find some consistency and learn some of the lessons that we put in front of them here throughout this episode would do just that for me and give me some confidence of like you know this shit may actually be going in a pretty positive direction. I think I believe in this defense and its ability to turn the ball over and create takeaways. The offense, I think they have a lot to prove here still for me when it comes to actually punching it in and scoring touchdowns, which will matter a lot in this game. My confidence meter, though, real quick, 4.9. I, I am 
I'm right there, like just under the five mark, which would mean a win. Like I'm, I'm knocking on the door. Maybe I'm just trying to do, do too much like self-preservation and not trying to get all like upset Sunday afternoon. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, by the end of the day, I just think the Lions will just squeak by. Yeah, look, I, I, I can definitely see it going that way. Um, you know, the Bears just make a few more good plays than the Lions mm-hmm. do and finish on those plays. And that's how I think I came. I didn't have a confidence uh, or a prediction, but 5.2. Like this is going to be a close one. They always are against the division. It's a good, still a good football team with the Lions. They just have not shown as of late, the last three games specifically, that to be that dominant team that started off the season. Like they're they're really crawling and inching out some of these games. It got away from them in the beginning against the Packers. Look, they started off the 21 to 0 start against the Saints. And then you look at the seven second half of that game, it the Saints were battling. And that became yes. more of a, a game as you kind of as it kind of went on. So, and obviously we know how the first match with the Bears went. Like this is uh, D- Detroit. This is an interesting stretch for them. And you know, in my prediction, I let's see if I get burned again. I have the Bears actually, you know, capitalizing and and winning this matchup and in a close game. You're doing, as they would say, the Lord's work because you did exactly what I wanted to do here. I just didn't have it in me to. To do it, I just feel like setting that expectation right now on a personal level is inappropriate uh, as I try to set that bar a little bit higher each time. And as you know, there's been a lot of times where we do that and they fall not just short, but they fall massively short. So it's a little higher than the last time they played the Lions, um, but I'm not going to go over uh, the hump here to give them the complete prediction uh, of a victory. Although if they win, I don't think I'd be ultra surprise all right any final thoughts uh, before we wrap up obviously the diehard badge just popped up here right in the show so it's a great time to remind folks to go to allcshow.com slash diehard we have a sale going on our yearly membership we slash 20 bucks off of the price which i think this membership already has tremendous value uh, so it just adds that value so much more and that's not just for the first year that's for the life of your membership you lock in that price here today you save $20 this year, every single year, 20% off everything that we do, events, takeovers, tailgates, merch, all of the time. And you get to join an amazing Chicago sports community. And if you're a hyper-specific, only a Bears fan, an amazing Chicago Bears fans community uh, that's maybe a little bit more you know, close-knit than just you know general social media, which we all know we have some rough days over there in Bears Twitter. <laughs> yeah we do well i'm not even gonna get into all of that right now but uh hey if you like this preview or even if you didn't just give us a like before you head out and enjoy your weekend you guys it really helps us out here at chio sports chio bears but give us a like tell a friend about us hey we try to keep it fun interesting regardless of how the season's going so give us a like on your way out hope everyone enjoys their weekend and we'll be back all of us to you know break down and see what ends up happening in this game on sunday Bears, Lions, Soldier Field should be a fun one. That's right. Couldn't have said it any better myself. We'll get you covered here on Sunday. Let's hope for a Bears win and it'll be a victorious post-game show. And of course, we'll be here pre-post content all the way around. That's just what we do here. Uh, But until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy some time. And until next time, Bear Down Chicago. (laughs) 